Section 10 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M.B. in Washington State. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 8 by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. 1821 through 1890. Section 10 when it was the eight hundred and third night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that when hasan told his tale to the elders they said to sheikh abu al ruwaysh this youth is to be pitied and haply thou wilt aid him to recover his wife and weeds he replied o my brothers in very sooth this is a grave matter and a perilous and never saw i any loath his life save this youth you know that the islands of wak are hard of access and that none may come to them but at risk of life and ye know also the strength of their people and their guards moreover i have sworn an oath not to tread their soil nor transgress against them in aught so how shall this man come at the daughter of the great king and who hath power to bring him to her or help him in this matter replied the other o sheikh of sheikhs verily this man is consumed with desire and he hath endangered himself to bring thee a scroll from thy brother abd al kadus wherefore it behoveth thee to help him and hasan arose and kissed abu al ruwaysh's feet and raising the hem of his garment laid it on his head weeping and crying i beseech thee by allah to reunite me with my wife and children though it cost me my life and soul the four elders all wept for his weeping and said to abu al ruwaysh deal generously with this unhappy and show him kindness for the sake of thy brother abd al kadus and profit by this occasion to earn reward from allah for helping him quoth he this wilful youth weeteth not what he undertaketh but inshallah we will help him after the measure of our means nor leave aught feasible undone when hasan heard the sheikh's word he rejoiced and kissed the hands of the five elders one after other imploring their aidance thereupon abd al ruwaysh took ink-case and a sheet of paper and wrote a letter which he sealed and gave to hasan together with a pouch of perfumed leather containing incense and fire-sticks and other needs and said to him take strictest care of this pouch and whenas thou fallest into any strait burn a little of the incense therein and name my name whereupon i will be with thee forthright and save thee from thy stress moreover he bade one of those present fetch him an ifrit of the flying jinn and he did so incontinently whereupon quoth abu al ruwaysh to the fire drake what is thy name replied the ifrit thy thrall is hight danash bin faktash and the sheikh said draw near to me so danash drew near to him and he put his mouth to his ear and said somewhat to him whereat the ifrit shook his head and answered i accept o elder of elders then said abu al ruwaysh to hasan arise o my son mount the shoulders of this ifrit danash the flyer but when he heaveth thee heavenwards and thou hearest the angels glorifying god a welkin with subhana allah have a care lest thou do the like else wilt thou perish and he too hasan replied i will not say a word no never and the old men continued o hasan after faring with thee all this day to-morrow at peep of dawn he will set thee down in a land cleanly white like unto camphor whereupon do thou walk on ten days by thyself till thou come to the gate of a city then enter and inquire for the king of the city and when thou comest to his presence salute him with the salam 
and kiss his hand then give him this scroll and consider well whatso he shall counsel thee hasan replied hearing and obeying and rose up and mounted the ifrit's shoulders whilst the elder rose and offered up prayers for him and commended him to the care of danash the fire drake and when he had perched on the flyer's back the ifrit soared with him to the very confines of the sky till he heard angels glorifying god in heaven and flew on with him a day and a night till at dawn of the next day he set him down in a land white as camphor and went his way leaving him there when hasan found himself in the land aforesaid with none by his side he fared on night and day for ten days till he came to the gate of the city in question and entering inquired for the king they directed him and told him that his name was king hasun lord of the land of camphor and that he had troops and soldiers enough to fill the earth in its length and breadth so he sought audience of him and being admitted to his presence found him a mighty king and kissed ground between his hands quoth the king what is thy want whereupon hasan kissed the letter and gave it to him the king read it and shook his head awhile then said to one of his officers take this youth and lodge him in the house of hospitality so he took him and established him in the guest-house where he tarried three days eating and drinking and seeing none but the eunuch who waited on him and who entertained him with discourse and cheered him with his company questioning him of his case and how he came to that city whereupon he told him his whole story and the perilous condition wherein he was on the fourth day that eunuch carried him before the king who said to him o hasan though comest to me seeking to enter the islands of wak as the sheikh of sheikhs adviseth me o my son i would send thee thither this very day but that by the way are many perils and thirsty wolds full of terrors yet do thou have patience and naught save fair shall befall thee for needs must i devise to bring thee to thy desire inshallah know o my son that here is a mighty host equipped with arms and steeds and warlike gear who long to enter the wak islands and lack power thereto but o my son for the sake of the sheikh abu al ruwaysh son of bilkis the daughter of muin i may not send thee back to him unfulfilled of thine affair presently there will come to us ships from the islands of wak and the first that shall arrive i will send thee on board of her and give thee in charge to the sailors so they may take care of thee and carry thee to the islands if any question thee of thy case and condition answer him saying i am kinsman to king hasun lord of the land of camphor and when the ship shall make fast to the shore of the islands of wak and the master shall bid thee land do thou land now as soon as thou comest ashore thou wilt see a multitude of wooden settles all about the beach of which do thou choose thee one and crouch under it and stir not when dark night sets in thou wilt see an army of women appear and flock about the goods landed from the ship and one of them will sit down on the settle under which thou hast hidden thyself whereupon do thou put forth thy hand to her and take hold of her and implore her protection and know thou o my son that an she accord thee protection thou wilt win thy wish and regain thy wife and children but if she refuse to protect thee make thy mourning for thyself and give up all hope of life and make sure of death for indeed thou art a dead man understand o my son that thou adventurest thy life and this is all i can do for thee and the peace and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the eight hundred and fourth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that king hasun spake these words to hasan and charged him as we have related ending with 
this is all i can do for thee and know that except the lord of heaven has aided thee thou hast not come hither the youth wept till he swooned away and when he recovered he recited these two couplets a term decreed my lot i spy and when its day shall end i die though lions fought with me in lair if time be mine i'd beat them i then having ended his verse he kissed the ground before the sovereign and said to him o mighty king how many days remain till the coming of the ships replied the other in a month's time they will come and will tarry here selling their cargson other two months after which they will return to their own country so hope not to set out save after three whole months then the king bade him return to the house of hospitality and bade supply him with all that he needed of meat and drink and raiment fit for kings hasan abode in the guest-house a month at the end of which the vessels arrived and the king and the merchants went forth to them taking hasan with them amongst them he saw a ship with much people therein like the shingles for number none knew their tale save he who created them she was anchored in mid-harbour and had cocks which transported her ladding to the shore so hasan abode till the crew had landed all the goods and sold and bought and to the time of departure there wanted but three days whereupon the king sent for him and equipped him with all he required and gave him great gifts after which he summoned the captain of the great ship and said to him take this youth with thee in the vessel so none may know of him save thou and carry him to the islands of wak and leave him there and bring him not back and the race said to hear is to obey with love and gladness then quoth the king to hasan look thou tell none of those who are with thee in the ship thine errand nor discover to them aught of thy case else thou art a lost man and quoth he hearing and obedience with this he farewelled the king after he had wished him long life and victory over his enviers and his enemies wherefore the king thanked him and wished him safety and the winning of his wish then he committed him to the captain who laid him in a chest which he embarked in a dinghy and bore him aboard whilst the folk were busy in breaking bulk and no man doubted but the chest contained somewhat of merchandise after this the vessels set sail and fared on without ceasing ten days and on the eleventh day they made the land so the race set hasan ashore and as he walked up the beach he saw wooden settles without number none knew their count save allah even as the king had told him he went on till he came to one that had no fellow and hid under it till nightfall when there came up a mighty many of women as they were locusts overswarming the land and they marched afoot and armed caperpie and hauberks and straight-knit coats of mail hending drawn swords in their hands who seeing the merchandise landed from the ships busied themselves therewith presently they sat down to rest themselves and one of them seated herself on the settle under which hasan had crouched whereupon he took hold of the hem of her garment and laid it on his head and throwing himself before her fell to kissing her hands and feet and weeping and crying thy protection thy good will quoth she ho thou arise and stand up ere any see thee and slay thee so he came forth and springing up kissed her hands and wept and said to her oh my mistress i am under thy protection adding have ruth on one who is parted from his people and wife and children one who hath haste to rejoin them and one who adventureth life and soul for their sake take pity on me and be assured that therefore paradise will be thy reward or an thou wilt not receive me i beseech thee by allah the great the concealer to conceal my case the merchants stared to see him talking with her and she hearing his words and beholding his humility was moved to ruth for him 
her heart inclined to him and she knew that he had not ventured himself and come to that place save for a grave matter so she said to him o my son be of good cheer and keep thine eyes cool and clear hearten thy heart and take courage and return to thy hiding-place till the coming night and allah shall do as he will then she took leave of him and hasan crept under the wooden settle as before whilst the troops lighted flambeau of wax mixed with aloes wood and nadd perfume and crude ambergris and passed the night in sport and delight till the morning at daybreak the boats returned to the shore and the merchants busied themselves with buying and selling and the transport of the goods and gear till nightfall whilst hasan lay hidden beneath the settle weeping-eyed and woeful-hearted knowing not what was decreed to him in the secret preordainment of allah as he was thus behold the merchant woman with whom he had taken refuge came up to him and giving him a habergeon and a helmet a spear a sword and a gilded girdle bade him don them and seat himself on the settle after which she left him for fear of the troops so he arose and donned the mail coat and helmet and clasped the girdle about his middle then he slung the sword over his shoulder till it hung under his armpit and taking the spear in his hand sat down on that settle whilst his tongue neglected not to name allah almighty and call on him for protection and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the eight hundred and fifth night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when hasan received the weapons which the merchant woman had given to him saying sit thee upon the settle and let none wot thy case he armed himself and took his seat whilst his tongue neglected not to name allah almighty and to call upon him for protection and behold there appeared cressets and lanthorns and flambeaux and up came the army of women so he arose and mingling with them became as one of them a little before daybreak they set out and hasan with them and fared on till they came to their camp where they dispersed each to her tent and hasan followed one of them and lo it was hers for whose protection he had prayed when she entered she threw down her arms and doffed her hauberk and veil so hasan did the like and looking at his companion saw her to be a grizzled old woman blue-eyed and big-nosed a calamity of calamities the foulest of all created things with face pockmarked and eyebrows bald gap-toothed and chap-fallen with hair hoary nose-running and mouth slavering even as saith the like of her the poet in her cheek corners nine calamities wone and when shown each one jahannam is hideous the face and favour foulest foul as cheek of hog yea tis a cesspool fizz and indeed she was like a pied snake or a scald she-wolf now when the old woman looked at hasan she marvelled and said how came this one to these lands and in which of the ships was he and how arrived he hither in safety and she fell to questioning him of his case and admiring at his arrival whereupon he fell at her feet and rubbed his face on them and wept till he fainted and when he recovered himself he recited these couplets when will time grant we meet when shall we be again united after severance stark and shall i win my choicest wish in view blame end and love abide without remark were nile to flow as freely as my tears twould leave no region but with watermark twould overthrow hijaz and egypt land twould deluge syria and twould drown iraq this o my love is caused by thy disdain be kind and promise meeting fair and fain then he took the crone's skirt and laid it on his head and fell to weeping and craving her protection 
when she saw his ardency and transport and anguish and distress her heart softened to him and she promised him her safeguard saying have no fear whatsoever then she questioned him of his case and he told her the manner of his coming thither and all that had befallen him from the beginning to end whereat she marvelled and said this that that hath betide thee methinks never betided any save thyself and except thou hadst been vouchsafed the especial protection of allah thou hadst not been saved but now o my son take comfort and be of good courage thou hast nothing more to fear for indeed thou hast won thy wish and attained thy desire if it please the most high thereat hasan rejoiced with joy exceeding and she sent to summon the captains of the army to her presence and it was the last day of the month so they presented themselves and the old woman said to them go out and proclaim to all the troops that they come forth to-morrow at daybreak and let none tarry behind for whoso tarrieth shall be slain they replied we hear and obey and going forth made proclamation to all the host anent a review next morning even as she bade them after which they returned and told her of this whereby hasan knew that she was the commander-in-chief of the army and the vice-regent in authority over them and her name was shawahi the fascinator entitled um al-dawahi or mother of calamities she ceased not to bid and forbid and hasan doffed not off his arms from his body that day now when the morning broke all the troops fared forth from their places but the old woman came not out with them and as soon as they were sped and the stead was clear of them she said to hasan draw near unto me o my son so he drew near unto her and stood between her hands quoth she why and wherefore hast thou adventured thyself so boldly as to enter this land and how came thy soul to consent to its own undoing tell me the truth and the whole truth and fear aught of ill come of it for thou hast my plighted word and i am moved to compassion for thy case and pity thee and have taken thee under my protection so if thou tell me the truth i will help thee to win thy wish though it involve thee undoing of souls and the destruction of bodies and since thou hast come to seek me no hurt shall betide thee from me nor will i suffer any to have at thee with harm of all who be in the islands of wak so he told her his tale from first to last acquainting her with the matter of his wife and of the birds how he had captured her as his prize from amongst the ten and married her and abode with her till she had borne him two sons and how she had taken her children and flown away with them whenas she knew the way to the feather dress brief he concealed from her no whit of his case from the beginning to that day but when shawahi heard his relation she shook her head and said to him glory be to god who hath brought thee hither in safety and made thee hap upon me for hadst thou happened on any but myself thou hadst lost thy life without winning thy wish but the truth of thine intent and thy fond affection and the excess of thy love-longing for thy wife and yearning for thy children these it was that have brought thee to the attainment of thine aim didst thou not love her and love her to distraction thou hadst not thus imperilled thyself and alhamdulillah praised be allah for thy safety where before it behoveth us to do thy desire and conduce to thy quest so thou mayst presently attain that thou seekest if it be the will of almighty allah but know my son that thy wife is not here but in the seventh of the islands of wak and between us and it is seven months journey night and day from here we go to an island called the land of birds wherein for the loud crying of the birds and the flapping of their wings one cannot hear other speak and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day 
and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 10. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State.